Hello, Katie Moritz. Hello, Dan Landrum. So, uh, you're not Steve Seifert. I am not Steve Seifert. Nor am you're I Aaron O'Rourke. Yeah. No, you're right. You figured that out fast. I, I didn't have to that mansplain out, yeah. that to you. I tried to, I tried <laughs> to play the Mountain Dulcimer, and I couldn't do it like either one of them. So. You actually do play Mountain Dulcimer, though, fairly well. Uh, fairly well, my fairy fae. No. Do you know what that's from? No. Do you know that? <laughs> I do. I've gone to Louisiana, except it's pronounced, gone to Louisiana for to see my Susiana singing Polly Wally Doodle all the day. Oh. Fairly well. Fairly well. Fairly well, my fairy fae. I feel like as a dulcimer player, I should probably know this. Now you know that. All right. I'm surprised that people don't know that. They don't know the words to Arkansas Traveler, Turkey and the Straw. Yeah. And those are you know those that? are all tunes that I, I think, as a little kid, they would have you singing in school and stuff, but... Um, as an adult, even as one who plays this type of music, I still, I don't know the the lyrics at all. Yeah, that's uh, I think Sad. maybe that's a bit of a lost art. Yeah. I can start. Once upon a time in Arkansas, an old man sat in his little cabin door and he fiddled at the tunes that he liked to hear, jolly little ditties that he only knew by ear. It was raining cats and doggies, but the fiddler didn't care as he sawed away contentedly at each and every air. Though his roof was leaking bad, it sounded like a waterfall. It didn't really seem to bother the old fiddler man at all. And it continues on from there. Hopefully that's enough twos, uh, enough uh, enough of the words. I would suggest just doing that, you know, when you meet people. Not, I do. <laughs> you know, I, I feel I, like that would be a really great icebreaker for conversation. I'd have a hard time writing that because I understand why they wrote that his roof was leaking bad. It sounded like a waterfall. It really should be badly. Yeah. And it kind of messes up the rhythm of it there. Though his roof was leaking badly, it sounded like that just doesn't work. Yeah. No, not so much. But, you know, I mean, when you think about uh, all those those old tunes, I guess the proper English isn't necessarily the most important thing. They're, they're getting a point across. That's heavy. <laughs> <laughs> is this any good? I <laughs> No, this is this okay. is how these podcasts go. We have started just in, just because this is the first one we've done, and yeah, it's exactly how they go. So <laughs> why why is Katie Moritz here and not uh, Aaron? Aaron is really sick. Oh no! Uh, and I probably sound like I've been sick because I've been sick too. Me My too. wife has lost her voice. Yeah, have you too? Yeah, it's I bad. I've it's been. It's a dulcimer thing. You know, yesterday it was funny. I I I thought I was getting over it, and I got up in the morning and I blew my nose and I like I blew out my eardrum. And I had this Me too. real, well, normally it doesn't last that long. Wow. And all day long, it was this whooshing. I couldn't practice. I couldn't do anything. I'm still I there. went into a restaurant and just the noise, I thought this must be what it feels like to have really bad hearing aids yeah. or something. And then by the, around eight o'clock, it stopped and it just started ringing. And the ringing kept me up in the night. I would wake up and it was just ringing, but now it's, it's oh, better goodness. now, so... That's that's wow. Can you imagine folks that are suffering from tinnitus or tinnitus? However you yeah. Pronounce it? That would just be uh, a tough thing to have to deal with. Yeah. But funny. Aaron also. <laughs> I know. Of, kind of blew his ear out uh, in the last day or two with this thing. Oh, wow. But anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm on the upside <laughs> of it. Me too. Just now starting to be able to eat solid foods again, which is, uh, oh. anyway, we shouldn't go into that, should we? That's not yeah, appropriate. I wasn't that these. bad. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no. Mine has to do with my tooth. Oh, no. I, when I got sick, I first thought it was a toothache. 
And then the sinuses hit, and it was causing pressure under a jaw. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. So, anyway, I almost went to the dentist, but now that the infection's all going away, the tooth is getting better. I have done that, gone to the dentist because of that. And they just said, well, look at your x-rays. It's your sinus cavities are interfering with all of your teeth. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Wow. And that's not why people tuned in either. (laughs) I really (laughs) wonder sometimes why they do, but I appreciate the fact that they do. And we had... Last month, uh, 14, I mean, between 14 and 1500 known subscribers to the podcast and a lot that we don't know. Oh, wow. Isn't that bizarre? That is. That makes me nervous. That's, that's really <laughs> good, though. Yeah, I was really surprised. I was really surprised. And you, the numbers, it's really hard to tell because people can just listen directly off the website and you can't tell how many people do that. Yeah, I, I don't know. Too. Very few times have I listened to the podcast through iTunes. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, usually if I do, and I think I've listened to a lot of them, most of them, and I always just go to dpnews.com and go through it there. Oh, and so you're, you're one of those. I am. Yeah, I that's am. fine. It's easier for me. But I don't so, know, does it help you better? You know, does he help you better? Does it help you help more? You better, if, it helps um, you much better if, if people, yeah, if people use iTunes? the Yeah, if they use the RSS. Okay. It doesn't have to be iTunes. It can be Google Play really? or TuneIn. Okay. We're on all those things now, which is kind of cool. I will try and help you out with that um, in the future. Yeah, so today, I don't know how it helps. It's not like you get money for it. <laughs> it's just like, ooh, look, that's a bigger number than it was yeah, last time. It's, it's just the analytics. Yeah. So uh, today is Election Day 2016, for those of you listening in the future, 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 future. And uh, our goal today is to not talk about that in any way. But I did tease the title of this podcast as Election Day 2016, Poop or Pickle? (laughs) So why? (laughs) And this brings us to why I called Katie to see if she could help out. Oh, I didn't mention... Seifert is uh, traveling to a festival, and so that's why he's not here. So, yeah, we thought this would just be fun. So, why poop or pickle, Katie? Well, from what I hear from you, <laughs> um, this is a a design topic, yeah. Yeah. For for people um, who are. You're nervous about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, when, when you explained it to me, I was trying really hard to figure out what. Um, what you meant by this poop or pickle thing. So but we've had this conversation before, though. I Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Aaron remembered it, because Aaron and I were talking about, yeah. you know, what can we do for the podcast today, because we don't want to miss. Poop or pickle. And he said, uh, that makes you sense. ought to call Katie and talk about poop or pickle, and I knew exactly what he meant. I did not when you brought it up. I thought... <laughs> no, you didn't. It was kind of funny. I thought, yeah, and then I was trying to pretend like I did, you know. <laughs> All right, so here we go. Boy. Yeah. At risk of offending people, mm-hmm. sometimes when we go to dulcimer festivals, mm-hmm. there are T-shirts that are designed, <laughs> and they have a mountain dulcimer on them. <clears throat> uh-huh. Sometimes it has legs. Sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I have I get arms. to see one with legs and arms. Oh, I've definitely have T-shirts with legs and arms. Okay. And my general thought is, hmm, for people who don't know what this is. Are they going to think that's poop or a pickle? Because they often still keep them the color of dulcimers. <laughs> Isn't that bad? Oh, man. <laughs> I hadn't thought about the color. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The color can make it well, worse. Well, the because, color, yeah, it was, it was, you would probably eliminate pickle. Um, sometimes, but then people get cute and they yeah. give them color. And then, then sometimes they look a little like Gumby. <laughs> I've seen that, yeah. I had one, um, a t-shirt. And it's hard for me because um, I know... You're a designer. Well, not even that. It's It's... You know, I know what a mountain dulcimer looks like, and I've known what a mountain dulcimer looked like my whole life. Um, not that I played one my whole life at all, but, you know, I, I always knew that it was an instrument. So if I saw it, I'd immediately associate it. So it's hard for me to get in touch with that that uh, person who has never seen one and may mistake it for poop. Maybe it's just my sick mind <laughs> a little bit, but I always go, ooh, a T-shirt. I can't wait to see. Well, I had <laughs> one. I had be. a T-shirt that I, I got at a festival when I was first playing, and I I remember going to a grocery store, and the lady asked me if she thought it was a car. Um, she thought <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a, it was a, a mountain dulcimer laying on its side in front okay. of a hammered dulcimer, you know, tipped up. So you had so the trapezoid. Why is the car driving into the mountain? <laughs> well, it, it was the, the hammer dulcimer kind of looked like the cab and the mountain dulcimer. Oh. You could, you could take it both ways. Cause I stared at it for a while after that, it could have looked like the side of a car, the side view, or it could look like the head on view, but either way it looked like either, you know, um, a car or some mechanical apparatus. <laughs> <laughs> with music Hence, notes around it, you know? <laughs> was, yeah. Why is that? What are they listening to in the funny car with the weird trailer? <laughs> yeah, where are the tires? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, hence this conversation. I thought it would be uh, appropriate. I've kind of wanted to do this with you for a while anyway. Um, like, can we back up just a little bit and tell people who you are? Because we haven't even done that yet. Uh, I, I, you introduced me. I'm Katie Moritz. Katie Moritz. But there's more to you than just a name. So... I've been told <laughs> just so, now, actually. So, yeah. Yeah. So Katie plays the uh, mountain dulcimer, but you're mainly no. a hammer dulcimer player. Who yeah. Also, I have seen you play a mountain dulcimer. You can't say no. I, I saw you. You put a post on Facebook recently of you with a mountain dulcimer. Yeah. I, I, I was playing it. Um, just it's a really I love it. It's a pleasant little instrument, but I, it's not I'm not very good at it. You know, I mean, I wouldn't oh, consider okay. myself a mountain dulcimer player because People who really play the mountain dulcimer are, are, they're good, you know. You should take lessons from Aaron O'Rourke like I am, and then you would really feel like you're not very good at it. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> no, watched his better. video on YouTube every, or on Facebook. Everybody should check that out. That's just phenomenal. Oh, that, that is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So Katie is the one of the national world. I think you're the, I think you're the universe king of the universe hammer dulcimer champion, and they just happen to have the contest at Winfield. Okay. King of the uh, universe. You know, no, I, I, I well, I do play the design. hammer dulcimer. Yeah. <laughs> I do yeah play so you, when dulcimer. did you win? I won three years ago, 2013. Yeah. yeah. Has it been that long? It, yeah. I'm totally washed up now. You know, my <laughs> Your career is been. over. <laughs> I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a champion has been. <laughs> so in that first couple of years after you won the, uh, the, national championship and you were thrust into the national limelight. Oh yeah. It was, it was uh, how did your life change? <laughs> you know, actually you guys talk about doing ads at the beginning. Um, there was an, an issue of dulcimer players news, which everybody should subscribe to. But there was an Thank issue you. that, um, I think it was just one page that 
Mark Wade wrote um, Perks of Being a National Hammer Dulcimer Champion. And <laughs> well, it would be a short article. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was sort of, it was almost like a poem format, and it was, you know, one of the perks of being a national hammer. It's actually just a haiku. Is, yeah, <laughs> one, one of the perks is you don't have to worry about quitting your day job. Oh, um, yeah. and uh, national hammer dulcimer champion fits really well on business cards. So there's that. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. No, no. I don't even remember the question now, but nothing really changed. It opens doors. <laughs> it does open doors though. If you like put it with a credit card and you slide it in between those latches that, you know, they can, I don't, you've never broken into a door before. That was I have joke. not, but I mean the trophy that you could use that as a weapon, I suppose. You could. It, you, yes. Well, you can if just somebody use were, well, that's true. Did I tell you this story? Well, uh, back when I was doing, a quilters tour. Played Hammer Dulcimer with the quilters thing. Nice. At State College, Pennsylvania. Cool. Uh, someone, and I remember it because it was specifically so bizarre. Uh, uh, it was a girl came up to me and she said, I'm a literature major, English major. Mm-hmm. And I, we're supposed to be, right, our assignment is to write a murder story right now. I want to know, has anyone ever been killed with one of these? <laughs> wow. That is with a dulcimer? Yeah, with a hammer dulcimer. Do you know if anyone's ever been killed with one of these? Wow. And so maybe somewhere in a story that no one's ever read, there's a story about someone being smacked, you know, with a large trapezoidal instrument covered with lots of strings. I met a lady, actually. I knew her already. No, she wasn't killed. But this summer I I ran into a lady who who said, oh, this man hit me with his dulcimer. I was so upset. (laughs) And then I turned around, and it was Dan Landrum. (laughs) I know who that lady was. Yeah, and I thought, wow, that's something to aspire to, to be the kind of person that you can walk around hitting people with your hammered dulcimer, and everybody's just just happy that it was you. Just, that's how I flirt. I'm socially awkward. I'm sorry. You know, when I was growing up, I this is a totally off-topic stuff, but when I was growing oh, yeah, up, I played the not, tuba, I, and um, I hit people with my tuba a lot more often than I've hit people with my dulcimer. And it was always on accident, but sometimes I felt worse than others about it. Oh, yeah, no, I was, I was kind of just messing around. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. Her. Yeah, I, I felt really bad then, too. <laughs> well, you know that old, I mean, it, it, I remember seeing a Vanity Fair cartoon a bazillion years ago or something where it was a little boy and a little girl on the playground. And he says, I really like her. I don't know if I should hit her or pull her hair. Aw. <laughs> That's kind of cute. Yeah, it's kind of cute. Well, I'm still sort of there. <laughs> so, Swing out the dulcimer. <laughs> I liked her enough that I thought it would be cute to bump her with my dulcimer. Yeah. So there. But we haven't mentioned who the person is because she might be offended. Perhaps. Awkward silence. So back to design. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you are a in addition to being a national hammered dulcimer champion, champion, champion. You are a designer, Whoa. and uh, you've done. And this is going to come around to a very specific point where I think it might get interesting for people who've made it this far into the podcast. Yeah, poop and pickles. We're getting there. That's right. And that's where it started. We want to get past poop and pickles Mm -hmm. and kind of move more in the direction of placement of these instruments Mm -hmm. in the modern world. Yeah. And perceptions that we might have. 
that might not necessarily fit with uh, perceptions that a person viewing something might have. And this isn't just about T-shirts. Matter of fact, it's less about T-shirts than it is about album covers and websites Mm -hmm. and photography. You're a photographer also. We have a lot of things in common. And yeah, and just... Yeah. What do we do? um, Well, I think album covers is probably the biggest one because... You know, you want to sell your your CDs, um, so you wouldn't want to put a turd on the top of it or a pickle. <laughs> you know, not everybody likes those things. Um, Though, if you titled your CD "Poop or Pickle," I have a feeling people wouldn't get it. I, <laughs> oh, okay. I really, they'd probably think it was. You know, I, I just, I don't think people would get it because I didn't get okay. it. Okay, I don't know. Maybe. All right. Well, then. I want to scratch that idea. <laughs> Is that that was what you were planning on your next? Uh, I was next... kind of yeah, I was sort of working on that, but I, I've got to take a few more lessons. <laughs> but <laughs> My, <laughs> that's if I were to record a, a CD on the mountain dulcimer and call it "Pooper Pickle," that might be descriptive of what it sounds like. Oh. like... <laughs> <laughs> All right, back back to yeah. design. Let's talk about uh, elements of good design. I've seen some of your album covers mm-hmm. and I think they look great. Oh, what thanks. Are you, what are you thinking? Well, um, I think if I can get somebody who, if somebody can provide or, or, you know, if they want me to do it, but, um, it's usually not, it just usually wouldn't work out because of distance. Um, if I can get good photography, that's that's probably the best thing you can you can have on the cover of your CD. I think um, if you want to sell more CDs, um, can we linger there for a minute? Yeah, please. Photography of what? It usually helps if the well, it depends on on how you're going to be selling your CD, um, and I'm sure that you have put a lot of thought into this too. So my opinion, if you are always going to be selling your CD, perhaps you're busking or something and you're right there, then, um, then having the, the instrument is, is more important than having your face, but having your face is pretty important. You know, um, if you, if you have a CD sitting next to you and it's just got some obscure stuff on it, that that doesn't seem to have anything to do with your face and you're sitting there playing music and you want people to buy your CD they might not even know it might seem like like it's a no-brainer duh this is this is clearly the CD of this person that I'm listening to but a lot of times people they 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 don't have time to think about that and so yeah. um having your big old mug on on the front of your CD is is helpful um and having the is, instrument if nothing else yeah a common question is is this you doing this mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Or it, hmm. I think I've hmm. found that some of my favorite um, album covers that I've designed have been more conceptual, but I don't necessarily think that those are always the ones that sell the best. They just happen to be, um, you know, nicer looking. And I've talked to some hmm. of the people that I've designed for, um, who who like you know they think oh well, I love that album cover but I don't I don't know that that's the best marketing 
um, well, strategy yeah, is I to mean, come at it with from a completely conceptual thing. I, I think photography just has a way of communicating with humans' brains better than um, than obscure pictures that don't seem to associate with anything. Bad or mediocre photography. Oh yeah, out, outweighs all that. Yeah, I would right? love to think so. I definitely oh, I think so. Yeah, I I don't like bad bad photography. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of bad photography on uh, album covers, mm-hmm. and I think because we're in this folk realm, and hence I told you this was you know this was going to be mildly uncomfortable, and it's, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, so welcome to everything I talk about in my world. <laughs> it feels that way, I think, but. <clears throat> Yeah. The more I learn about design, and I've learned a lot from you about design, the less I feel that I have any business being involved in it. Uh, I have opinions, and sometimes I can see what it is that, I, I mean, I can see that I like or don't like something, but I, I don't have a lot of good answers like some someone went to college training like you do that <laughs> they can look and say, I mean, but there's a lot. I mean, you you learn about ratios and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and rules of eights and rules of, you know, the, the rule of thirds and those kinds of things. And you actually realize that, okay, your photography can get better just doing some simple things, just by turning on the overlays in Photoshop or Lightroom and cropping based on good artistic design that yeah. someone long before you paved that road and people have studied where human eyes tend to go. And there are basic elements like focus. Yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> Clearly we have issues with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't, uh, I think coming from the folk world, sometimes people are like, well, you know, this is just us playing music. We don't want it to be too slick. And I oh, see that man. as a mistake. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's. Um, you know, you don't want it to, to communicate a message that doesn't correspond with, with what you're doing. But it can still look nice. It can still look professional without looking. Well, let's like, do some juxtapositions, you know, though, Katie. Yeah. So if if it's you playing, Notre style mountain dulcimer. Mm-hmm. With Appalachian tunes. Yeah. Okay. I don't mean you. I mean, it's whoever this person is. No, I feel like you're that. talking about me. It's fine. <laughs> I can be if you want to. No, if no, you no. Want to I be. don't even know what. Yeah. So now I'm seeing Katie playing, using Notre style, playing Appalachian songs. Okay. You wouldn't want that album cover, I think, to have you sitting, you know, in, in a gilded theater, maybe, or in front of a pipe organ. You know, there there is a certain well, yeah, yeah. There's a certain placement that tries to convey what it is you're talking about, mm-hmm. and so even in the simple, you've you've got conceptual happening, whether or not you want it to conceptual yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. There's a there's definitely it can still be slick. You know, it can still be really cool looking and and look like you're a real professional without um without looking like it's something uh, that it's not. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah. So I think you have to answer those questions. So I would say if you were, <clears throat> I'm thinking back, and I don't even remember, forgive me for picking on those who I'm about to pick on, but if you're a large group like the Corydon Dulcimer Society or you know one of those large groups that's been playing together for a long time, absolutely, 
a picture of your group, you know, with 25 or 30 people playing Mountain Dulcimer together, that's what I think ought to be on the cover. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, for that, because they're a big group of people that play Dulcimer together, and some recordings are a little bit more archival. You know, they're, they're, they're taking a snapshot of what it is they're doing. And as I was, you know, <laughs> who knows if CDs will be around, but if <laughs> I was, let's say I was thumbing through things and I found, and I knew my grandmother played in this group, and I found that, and there was this picture of all of them, I would be probably more likely to listen to that later than something that had some conceptual thing where you were trying drawing the great bird of Corydon, which there's no such thing, but I'm making that up. Right. You know, that, that put that thing in time and place. So I guess you need to ask those questions sometimes, which is what is the purpose of this album? Am I trying right. to do an, a conceptual project of sorts? Mm-hmm. Or am I trying to do uh, capture this certain era uh, in my playing or in my uh, in my study of the history of the instrument? Does that make sense? Yes. So, like, if I'm if I have really gotten into playing, I'm just trying to think of a specific thing. Uh, play party songs. Gene Ritchie play party songs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, that probably shouldn't be a picture of me. Right. Yeah, probably not. Because, Well, yeah, I would not recommend that. But, you know, when you mentioned that, like, a larger dulcimer club, um, I think, even in that situation, I probably wouldn't, despite what I just said a few minutes ago, I probably wouldn't recommend a <laughs> photograph of of a whole bunch of people because of the group. Yeah. I think, um, if it's a really large group, I would probably say, depending on your budget to get somebody to do a kind of a neat illustration of a, of a group of people playing uh-huh. the dulcimer, because then they could make clear that it's a group of people playing dulcimers as opposed to like just a mob of people and there's so many that you can't really even tell what's going on, and, and then you just see a CD cover with a whole bunch of people on it. I don't know. So when I come, yeah, does no, that make I, sense? I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I'm thinking I shouldn't have said anything I just said because, you know. Well, no. <laughs> I, I I'm accepting your opinion as a designer. Are designers like you know people who do this professionally like you? Is it like if I call in a consultant to come look at my business? Has any consultant ever looked at it? Looked at a business and went ah. You're doing everything perfectly. You don't have to pay me. It's <laughs> <laughs> you, you know what? If somebody came in and told you that, then that's probably a sign that everything is so bad that they don't even want to deal with you. <laughs> they don't want the gig. <laughs> yeah. Have you done this? No. Gosh, no. Oh. <laughs> I mean, mm. I I felt like it sometimes if I'm, and not with anybody in the dulcimer you know, world, so that, you know, just clearing the air, but... Um, yeah, I've had sometimes where somebody will come at me with with a project, and it's like, first they show me all of these things that they got from like freelogos.com or something um, that didn't well, work something out. Something that looks like this. And yeah. I'm I'm yeah, they finally resorted to going to an actual designer because they couldn't get the the free stuff to work out, and and that's that's usually a red flag that you might not want to deal with with that person if they were if if they went through like five or six realms of free before they finally came to the conclusion that they, that they needed, you know, 
somebody to help him because if you can't find something for free and you're that you know determined to not pay then you must be really picky too um yeah that can be hard can it for a designer yeah yeah mm-hmm. so but no I, I i i've never actually done that oh no every you know what this free logo looks great you don't need my help <laughs> no all right so so let's go back mm-hmm. if you don't Please. mind yeah I'm, I'm picking i'm picking your brain a bit as a designer okay and, and maybe this is a job interview i don't know oh gosh oh uh, so Aaron and I are working on this album. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Katie, we have no idea. We know that we both have some ideas, but we kind of don't want to tell you those. We sort of want to know what you think or hear what you think. What sort of mm. things would you ask in trying to conceptualize what you're going to do? Or would you? Or would you say, no, I can't work on this unless you tell me what color you want it and what you want the words to be or something? Hmm. Well, I've worked with Aaron a lot on other projects that he's done so I kind of know what he would say um no I would I would certainly work with you if you you know I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't just say you know what Dan he just wants to do things his way I'm just gonna leave this one to him you well know? we got past stage one <laughs> yeah no um usually I ask things you know if it's an album cover um if it's a book, it's a little bit different. But if it's an album cover, I ask to listen to the music. Um, I don't know how common that is for designers, but because I play the dulcimer um, and I'm a musician, I can usually, you know, I just ask to listen to the music and I'll listen to it a lot. Um, and then I'll talk to them and then come up with something from there usually. You know, if they have, a lot of times I've, you know, people don't want photographs of themselves on the cover of their CD. I don't know if that's really a great idea, but a lot of people just don't, they don't want that. Um, and so that's I get that I out of the from. way. I get that out of the way right away. You know, um, I get, you know, do you want an illustration? Do you want something conceptual? Do you want something kind of different? Or, you know, do you think you want something a little bit more straightforward? I ask those types of questions. Is there a Katie design, though, something that you come back to that is sort of expresses you as the artist that maybe someone wants to do their design, where if they just set you free and said, yeah, yeah, so here's the, here's the album, listen to it and come up with what you'd like, or, or what we'd really like for you to do is listen to this album from somebody else, we want it to be this good. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, but no, no. Can you, back, back can you the revert that thing. question? Sorry. Yeah. Is Do I have like a, is there any example of something that I've just sort of, person just says, just do something, do whatever you want? Is there a happy place that Katie goes to and she does something and she says, this is going to be a good piece of art that will capture people's attention and make them do more than just, you know, pass their eyes over it once, but to stop and look at it. Because that's what we want, right? Mm-hmm. Is for people to want to hold it in their hands and go, yeah, this is, this is interesting, and get some idea of what might be on it. Well, um, I'm not speaking about Katie Moritz here. Right? Just any designer, I think, if you find a designer whose work that you like, you know, you have to do some research and figure out whether or not you even like their style. Um, if you give them the freedom to, to interpret what you've given them in, in their own way. They're, the, anybody's going to prefer that over being micromanaged, I suppose. Um, but sometimes you need, you know, sometimes you need a, 
explain to, you know, if your designer is has not been a part of um, the dulcimer world, and if you want to sell your CDs at dulcimer festivals, and you go to a, a young hip designer who has never been to a dulcimer festival, then they might not really know anything about your target market. So there's certain things that even if you give them all the freedom creatively in the world, you still have to be able to tell them, well, you know, the text is going to, you might have to go with a larger text size because my people might not be able to read it, the people that I'm trying to sell to. Um, you know, that sort of thing, I guess, is information that you want to give to anybody. But if you find somebody whose work you like, they probably, they'll probably be in their happy place if you just let them do it, you know? Yeah. I'd, Did that answer your question? Yeah, I think we're we're on there. It's interesting that you brought us back into that you know, minorly constricting environment of the dulcimer world, right? Uh, and and maybe it shouldn't be uh, constricting at all. Maybe that's not the way I should think of it. But I, but I don't know that I would if I was if that you would on recommend the side, that. I was, no, no. If I was on on the side, really into grunge, is grunge even a thing anymore? I mean, uh, well, according to some people, the, the, you know, the art style of grunge. Yeah. I don't know that that's going to represent. I mean, unless maybe you put a, a ton of distortion on your instrument, and that's what your album is, I guess. Well, yeah, I, that's what I would say. You would want to. Um, you'd want to do your research before hiring a designer. If everything in their portfolio is, you know, goth, then you probably, um, you know, I don't know what kind of music you play, but you probably wouldn't want to have that person design your, your album artwork. Um, you know, I mean, when I went to, when I was in school, I remember I had a teacher who, he was Chinese and he was talking about, um, one of his students and all of his design was blood and knife and a murder. And, <laughs> and I always think about that. Like if, if you go to somebody's website and all their designs are blood and knife and murder, then you probably don't want them designing your, your mountain dulcimer um, collection of, you know, Gene Ritchie tunes <laughs> or the wallpaper for your baby room, <laughs> anything. If you don't yeah. like that sort of thing, which, yeah, right. I mean, I probably wouldn't, but <laughs> So, yeah, grunge, well, if you go, if you look at their portfolio and everything they do is grunge, you might not, I don't know, I try and, um, before I, not always, but um, before I, we come to a conclusion on what the design is going to be, I usually come up with a couple ideas, unless they have provided me with very strict, like, here's the photography I'm going to be using, let's pick something together, you know, I have some people who who are really involved and that's nice too there's nothing wrong with that i appreciate sure. having their involvement if we can if well, i trust them you know if i came to you and i'm mm-hmm. obviously this isn't what i'm doing but if i came to you and said <laughs> katie i know this is weird but just hear me out i want to do an album kind of a concept because i think it'll be funny and i think it will sell to a different audience called dulcimers for the coming zombie apocalypse okay yeah that would be fun you would design something different for that and it might, and it would probably, I mean, you kind of smiled a little bit when I said that. Heck. And it's like that kind of thing that that's what I want to see in a designer. It's like, they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I got it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. What do we need to tell you to get you there for the, for, for the project that Aaron and I are doing? Do we need to come up with a title or, because right now it's sort of the working thing that we're working on is 
we're trying really hard to do something that sounds great and we're both pushing ourselves technically for an album, but that seems like a very bad album title. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, Chris Thiele and Edgar Meyer did that two different CDs or two different albums. One of them was just called Mandolin and Bass or Bass and Mandolin, I think. I've thought about Dulcimer, Dulcimer. Yeah. I think that would be good. Um, and you could have see here I go micromanaging already yeah so yeah I'll stop it's okay no no I'm, I'm curious oh what, what popped in my head just then mm-hmm. uh, throw this away because I'm just gonna blah it out right here but yeah dulcimer dulcimer <laughs> and then underneath that in you know Webster's Dictionary looking type something that looks like it's defining what the word means but the definition has nothing to do with what you would expect to see. Maybe. Okay. I was thinking maybe a mountain dulcimer on its side in front of a hammered dulcimer so that it looks <laughs> like a car. <laughs> You're hired. Yeah. And then everybody is this, is this, what, what's this car doing on here? Well, I mean, and you, you can come up with neat stuff because you take, you know, photographs and everything, so you would be able to... Oh, but you know how many photographs I'm taking of dulcimers? I'm yeah. a pretty... I wake up every day. I know. I mean, I'm a little bit... I'm an Alice in Wonderland kind of guy. Yeah. In that I, I sort of think you should think on it, you know, how many thoughts, unimaginable thoughts it is that you should think, you know, before you get up or before breakfast yeah. or whatever that is. I really sort of live my life that way. Mm-hmm. My goodness, I'm about to run out of ideas for taking pictures of hammer dulcimers and mountain dulcimers. Yeah, I could see. Yeah. Well, you know, I think one of the... That's why I turned to somebody else, Katie. That's what I'm saying. I was thinking about that whole poop and pickle thing. and I'm glad. Yeah, it just put the idea in my head there. Um, I'm pretty excited about, about making a poster of poop and pickles and just throwing some trapezoids in there but anyways um (laughs) the i find i i think it's interesting that that happens with the mountain dulcimer you know where where it looks like that because to me the mountain dulcimer always looks like an instrument you know i don't Mm -hmm. i don't look at the mountain dulcimer and think that it's anything other than an instrument whereas to me the hammer dulcimer has i would say a lot more challenges um, visually, because it's just, if you look at it from one, you know, head on, it's just a rectangle. Or if you look at it from the other side, it's a trapezoid, you know, but if you look at it from the front, it's like just a whole bunch of stuff going on. Um, sure. but, but the silhouette of a hammer dulcimer from a distance, if you're, if you're looking, you know, if you're thinking about your CD on a shelf in a, um, your little visitor center with a whole bunch of other CDs. Uh, to me, a mountain dulcimer looks like an instrument from a distance. And even if not, it's got, you know, curves and that sort of hourglass shape that you can associate with so many things. Whereas the hammer dulcimer... It's hard dulcimer, to make a hammer dulcimer sexy. <laughs> no, it's just not. Yeah. It's, from hmm. from a distance, it just... And I, it, I guess that's similar. That's the case with most pitched percussion instruments they're all kind of um hard angles you know they don't silhouette very well 
Yeah, I guess you can get uh, a graphic artist who who does illustration sorts of things. Mm -hmm. I think back to uh, Claude Bowling. Uh, who was it? Claude Bowling. Uh, it was Jean-Pierre Rampal in it. Uh, there was this jazz piano trio. Mm -hmm. You're in front of your computer. Look up Claude Bowling jazz piano trio, and you'll see the uh, particular style. Okay. Can you do that while you're recording? Will it mess things up? I should be able to do it. Claude Bowling? <laughs> C-L-A-U-D-E-B-O-L-I-N-G. Sorry while we do actual research while we're recording the podcast here. but What am I looking for? Uh, suite for Jazz Piano Trio. Okay. And then I'm looking listening? for the... Oh, that's cool. Is that a flute yeah. in bed with a piano? Yes. <laughs> that would be the one. Anybody listening, sorry. <laughs> No, you guys should look it up. It's not. It's, that's actually bad about it. that's fun. So whoever did the artwork for that series, there's several. I love that. that. Yeah. Oh, there's there's. Yeah, I think those are like late '80s. I feel like they captured something really cool that I hadn't seen anything else like it. Mm -hmm. It was sort of iconic for these guys are classical, well-known classical musicians that were writing original music, and so. I like the looks of that. Could you say, hey, that's kind of cool. Definitely. Uh, oh, yeah, that's something super along cool. those lines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look it up, people, if you want to see what I'm talking about. Tell, tell them what you found or what page to give. Uh, just refine look that up search. Claude Bowling Suite and then do Google Images and you'll see all sorts of them. These are really neat. Yeah. I. Um, Can you do illustrative work like that? Yeah, I think that I drew a, a base for you once, right? I, I remember. Oh, you did that we used in DPN. Yeah. It was for a Steve Yulberg article. You know what I like about these, though, is that unlike that that walking base, these these don't have any human elements at all. That's right. They just bend the instruments to kind of make them. And and how they got the piano to be sitting up in a bed is is kind of cool. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these are so, neat. These and and so I check, like the series aspect of it because it they're all, it's a series, and so you have all these different ones to look forward to seeing. Yeah, well, so I'm glad that popped up. That's, that's just one I remember yeah. that was. And you know that kind 90s. of what I find about, and this is just personal experience I've found. Um, if you go with that type of artwork, then you're more likely to get picked up at visitor centers, at stores and stuff, because oh. you're not there. They don't care about your face anymore. If you're if you're planning on just busking and selling these CDs on, you know, while you're playing, then it's then you want your face on them more. But if you want your your CD to be in one in one of those stands where they can sample and listen, you know, one of those types of things, um, having something that's just really interesting, pretty cool looking artwork that doesn't have your face on it is actually better. Yes. So I, I like what you just did there also, because you brought us, we were kind of boxing ourselves back into that dulcimer world again, mm -hmm. but most of us want to sell CDs outside of that world because we actually want to sell. You don't want to have to be there all the time. Yeah. And I mean, you don't want to have to be at every place. Yeah. And, and there is value I'm going to ask you to to make the pitch for what I'm about to toss out. Mm -hmm. 
So here's the ball. There is value in something that sells for you when you're not there. Yeah. What do you think about when you're trying to do that as an artist? When you're trying to sell the CDs and you are there or? Yeah, think back to your 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 education. I well, mean, if you're trying to make something that, that people sells want itself? to hold. Yeah, sells itself. That people want to hold and look at for a minute. And they get attached to it and they kind of think, I want this. If I'm trying to make that, then... If you're trying to create an album cover for mm-hmm. me, what sorts of things maybe you want to think in the negative? What do you not want to have on there? You don't want to have bad photography. I'll start Definitely you off. don't want bad photography. You don't want bad typography. That's even worse, I think, sometimes. You can... What's, what's typography? <laughs> <laughs> um, typography is... Well, bad typography would be... You know, go using some just Microsoft using sand. Yeah, or <laughs> just doing the whole thing in Times New Roman with Times Italic or something, um, and and not having it adjust using a template and just kind of throwing your text in where the little text bubble popped up on the screen, um, right? And then leaving it there because that's just where it wound up going. Um, okay. That that kind of thing is that that would be bad typography. Also, bad typography would be uh, some of those. You know, you mentioned grunge. Um, some of those old grunge CDs. I was a kid when I used to listen to those, but even as a kid with pretty good eyesight, I couldn't read anything on the inside. Okay. <laughs> um, so if yeah. if if it's not legible, <laughs> that would be bad typography. And if it's just, you know, so. It, that's probably I think you can you can actually cover up bad photography if you have good typography to work with. Um, you can stylize photography. I or mean there one, are things or the that other are, way yeah. around. If you have really great <laughs> photography, you could probably I wouldn't like the way it looked, but I'm me. Um, the general person looking at it probably wouldn't even notice the bad typography if the photo was good enough. It's nice to oh, yeah. it's nice if you can cover all your bases, but um, can I just make one suggestion for people that are putting together album covers and mm-hmm. yeah. those kinds of things? Generally, when you try to say everything in any sentence, you've had an ineffective sentence. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> unless it's so, so the same is true with photography. Mm-hmm. You want to get design. in really close to something. Mm-hmm. You want to do something that makes people ask questions as opposed to like, this is every. This is my entire dulcimer because something that's that big, big mountain dulcimer, hammer dulcimer. When you try to get that entire thing to show up, it's not great. It's gonna. It becomes pooper pickle, sort of. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Now I'm not talking about uh, illustration. Maybe that's a little bit different thing. I think when you stylize it, just a few sweeping lines that give you the image of a dulcimer, of a mountain dulcimer, or even hammer dulcimer, can be way more effective than the most beautiful photo of a full-on instrument, especially if that instrument is set up on a wagon or in front of an azalea bush or <laughs> leaning up against, you know, there's just... Leaning up against, there, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we, neither one of us want to say leaning up against a tree, but, but you know, you've seen 500 <laughs> pictures uh, like that. Of the dulcimer I mean, leaning on the tree, yeah. Well, not just the dulcimer, of the high school senior. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, put it on the train tracks, too. Why not? Um, yeah. Yeah, you, you probably... You know what's funny though? There are some of those things you you have to stop and because I I have a tendency to 
move away from like, oh gosh, the train tracks can't, can't take pictures by the train tracks, you know, because everybody's taking pictures on the, you know, leaning against the tree or on the train tracks or whatever. But, um, it happens because there are a lot of people who like that. And if you want to sell to those people, they might really be attracted to, you know, the dulcimer sitting on the seat of the tractor because they also happen to like tractors. I don't know. Um, you do limit yourself a little bit, but, uh, I, well, I think it's not always, you just have to figure out who you, who it is that you want to sell your CD to, I guess, and what you want to say. Um, you can, you can add the value of, of the trend. For instance, Instagram made, I think Instagram almost by itself made square photos a thing again. Which is cool for people who design CD covers, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it really kind of did. I mean, it's yeah. like. Squares kind of okay, and even bad Instagram filters. It's where you take, and this is where you can take a mediocre photo. <coughs> I'm not talking about uh, toning them, you know, sepia or whatever, but adding a bit of noise to it. Yeah, yeah. Which sometimes, actually, to a really good photo, I do this. I think you probably do it too. Sometimes I'll have a photo that is just razor sharp, and I'll put noise back in it. Because it does add an element of sharpness to other areas that you, you know, you might want. Sometimes as sharp as it can be is not the best thing either. Mm-hmm. It sort of depends on what you're trying to say with a photo, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're, when you're making something large or, <coughs> excuse me, I'm getting all choked up again. This is so emotional to me. <laughs> I'm kidding. I get really emotional when I talk about photos of dulcimers too. Sometimes to get the best crop, mm-hmm. you actually have to get rid of a lot of the photo. Yeah. And so therefore you end, you end up enlarging even if it's going to be used in a small space. So you can take something that would be really sharp if you took the entire image and go, you know what? There's a beautiful photo right here in one-sixth of this photo. Yeah. Do you feel <laughs> a little weird pull, when you do that? No. I don't either. I just that's why I bought a full frame camera. I mean, no, I want. I bought a camera that does large images so that I can crop them down and destroy uh, most of the image. Now I try to do that design wise. mm -hmm. I mean, when I'm shooting, I try to think, okay, I want the largest image I can get. Yeah, but you don't always see it. Well, that is what I would, and this is advice that I give to um, to clients who are having photography done um you know it is to tell the photographer if they get the shot they want take the shot and then pull back and take another shot because i'm probably as a designer i'm going to need more than that cropped and beautiful shot to work with um so i always say you know if you can take the take the photo that you like because that's important to me to know what they like. Yeah. And I'll see that and I'll know that it's good too. Um, but then back up or zoom out or something so that I have more to work with. Because if I'm doing a book cover or a CD cover where it's going to wrap around to the backside of the digipack or something, um, I want more to work with. Or if, it, if it's so zoomed in but everything's beautiful, um, 
but there's just nowhere for me to put the 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 title to put of the typography. CD. Yeah, yeah. If I need space to put those things, yeah. and I spend <laughs> as much time, actually all morning I spent doing this kind of work. As much time as I spend actually doing design and moving and you know pixel by pixel, just moving stuff around till it's right. I spend just as much time faking in backgrounds. <laughs> you know, creating, just cloning, cloning is, is like a, I guess that's a term in, in the industry where you're, you just grass, you know, there's just not For enough, sure. they, they, they didn't zoom out far enough. And so now I have to create a whole bunch of grass so that I can put the text on the grass without obstructing um, whatever it was that was supposed to be the center of the photograph clouds. I'm constantly, you know, Photoshopping in clouds or Photoshopping in, um, bushes and shrubbery and things like that. It's, you know, so, um, it does make it a lot easier if they take the shot they like and then back up and take another shot that, that has a little bit more to work with as far as, you know, because then I can still zoom in and crop out what I need, but at least I have a little more to work with, you know? Yeah. It gives you as the designer, the, the yeah, thing. And, and yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Photoshop. If, if you're listening in your if you mess around with Photoshop a little bit, get to know the content aware fill tool. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah. it works. <clears throat> it's pretty amazing these days and it just keeps getting better. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff in there. It's but, not, it doesn't <clears throat> work that great on, um, dulcimers though. So no, my goodness, no. It's <laughs> so like, if, you, if you get an awesome <laughs> photograph of a dulcimer and I've had to do this a number of times, and this is why I say, if you are working with a designer and a photographer who are not the same person, um, yeah, get it. Make sure that they at least, if they like their shot, then zoom out and get the entire instrument in a photograph because that is a pain in the butt. Sure. It's re- you can't content aware that in <laughs> to nope. into a photo. No, you well, can kind of obstruct it though because the strings start to weave across each other, and then nobody can tell the difference, anyways. So, what kinds of things can I tell you mm-hmm. as an artist? Who wants you to design something for me that can spark your imagination? Okay. Um, gosh, I feel like we kind of, you know, if you're talking, I don't know what other designers would, would want to hear. Um, I want to hear. No, who, I'm talking about you. Just okay. speak for you. I always want to hear what your, uh, you know, what's your mission? What's your purpose in, in this project? Whatever the project is. Um, what is the, the, what's the statement that you're trying to make? Um, I, I put a lot of value on just listening to that and trying, you know, listening to what, uh, listening to the music that they're making if it's a CD um, or listening, reading through their, preface if it's a book or something you know to figure out what it is that what's the purpose of of this project and then how can the artwork visually tell people that you know what's the best way to make the artwork um even if it's really kind of just standard here's here's the cd and i want this picture as my face and my dulcimer on the on the front cover of it um i still want to do something with the artwork to, to make it relay the music and what, and what the music meant to the, the musicians who were recording it. Yeah. But then there's, you know, some, some people just, they say, you know, that's not, 
I just want to sell this CD. I'm, this is a marketing yeah. tool, you know? But I'm, I'm sure you like say no you... sometimes. Because you do... Mm-hmm. If, if someone gives you, you know, a, a nondescript target, you never know if you've hit it. Yeah. I had a lady who gave me a photograph that she wanted on the cover of her CD. And it was a selfie that she had taken with Flash... And (laughs) it was, this was her favorite picture of herself. And it had completely blown out her nose. There was no (sighs) nose. It was just this white eyes. By blown out, just so people know. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just get clear on that. It was all white. It was all white, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah. When when somebody says, "Oh, the, this is all blown out on a photograph," yeah, they're they're saying that it's it's white, over overexposed. Um, yeah, if you take a picture of uh, you know the sky and it just comes back white, then that's overexposed. It's all blown out. You blew out all the clouds. But right. um, yeah, her nose was gone. <laughs> she had no nose. <laughs> oh no. And this and it was that was what she wanted on the cover of her CD. So that you had to stylize that then. No, that I said no. That's oh, probably <laughs> one of the that oh she was difficult but that's probably one of the only times or definitely one of the ones that stands out in my mind of a time that you know you you do have to just say no sometimes right selfies you know I mean <laughs> you don't want to you don't want a selfie on your there's a whole and Dan you know this about um, a lot of times people prefer selfies over photographs that. Um, that people take of them because the camera is so close that it distorts the shape of their face and makes them feel, it makes them feel more attractive if it's from an angle that maybe makes their chin look smaller or their nose look smaller or gone for that matter with this case. (laughs) Um, And, and so then you have this like, uh, it, it's all psychological and how, how we view oh, yeah. ourselves, you know, and, and when every time we look at ourselves, anytime we look at ourselves, we're not seeing what we look like. We're seeing a mirror image. So the minute you see a photograph of yourself, um, that's not the mirror image that you're used to seeing, then it just looks wrong. And that's why these people, you know, people get hooked in on these selfies because they used to, I don't think they do all the time anymore, but for a while they would reverse it to where it was, that's what you were used to seeing anyways. Right. Because it's a mirror image on your phone or something, um, but yeah, selfies are a bad one. Probably don't want to put that on the cover. Unless, unless, but e- but even then, I'll say that. I mean, you can break format and and really do a great job if if the title of your project was "It's All About Me," you know, and you were going for something that yeah, was, but you have was to be a bit pretty, ironic. You would have to be pretty good at taking selfies, though. You know, there's, there's some people, Yeah, I have yeah. a friend who I've taken a lot of photographs of, and I think she's beautiful and everything else. And she'll post a selfie on Facebook and she knows how to take selfies. I'll tell you that, you know, I mean, I can take a nice <laughs> photograph of her, but these, <laughs> you know, so if you, if you're one of those people who, who just happens to be very good at selfies, then maybe, maybe that is, it's all about me and you can make that into your CD. Yeah. I'm not doing that though. Just really? So you know, that's, oh, that's yeah. a bummer. Mine would have a picture of my grandson on it. If I, could. <laughs> I want I want you and Aaron to get out the selfie stick and and just you know go to town and that can be the, it can be a yeah, we collage. Should do it. We should do it. There is one photo that of, would actually of, people would buy that. There's one photo of of me and Aaron at the 
don't know if it was the Nutmeg Dulcimer Festival or anyway, we were in New York and mm-hmm. it was snowing and neither one of us were used to driving on snow. He's from Florida. And we got up the next morning and left our hotel rooms and went down to the car and there's like 12 inches of snow on the front of the car and we're standing in front of it and it's completely covered in snow and we have to get to this gig. And that's the best selfie. I think that that's one. a good one. I remember that. Do you remember that? Because yeah. we were both like, we you really were so going, happy. Well, we were both <laughs> well, going, ah. You looked scared, but you also looked like delighted in a way. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but you the, know yeah, what? That was, I mean, and I've seen that with people in the dulcimer community with, with you know, they, they post sort of an, a funny, ironic photograph of themselves and they put it on, on their cover. And it's cute for people who know them, you know? I mean, That's I think right. that picture of you and Aaron is, is really, really nice, but I also know you. I wouldn't put you. that on an album cover. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, yeah, I'm sorry. The, the Whatever the Tennessee Visitors Bureau is probably not going to put that in there on the front <laughs> Look line Look how cute there. these guys are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen. Um, right. Yeah, good advice, Katie. Good that's advice. Good stuff. Don't use selfies for your cover. I feel like I've really... Um, We've hit the pinnacle of this some... interview at this point. <laughs> I thought we'd go better without it. I don't go know. You want to know? Okay. I don't think um, I don't think Aaron would mind this. One of the CDs that I did for him, because he's usually one of the people that I do. He just says, yeah. you know, what kind of what his idea was with the music. I listened to the music, and then I can come up with whatever I want, and that's that's fun. But there was one that I was like, I'm going to paint. <laughs> I'm going to do a painting. This is going to, you know, I'm going to. And so I got out all my paints and um, I got three quarters of the way done. And it was, it was kind of a cool painting. And um, then I couldn't think of what to do with this last little part of it. And it's, it's his, oh gosh, I think it's, it's Prismatic is the name of his CD. If you want to look that up, it's a good CD. You should buy it from him. But anyways, um, there was a there was one corner and I had it it's kind of split down the middle and I was like one side's going to be really you know it's going to be a field and there's a stream and everything and the other side I want it to be totally weird and strange and you know sort of uh odd prismatic yeah yeah so I went to sleep then and I had been having real bad back spasms at the time so I took a Valium and went to sleep <laughs> <laughs> and I <laughs> and I woke up in the middle of the night and I had the best idea ever. And so I went into the other room and I, I painted this other half of, of the, the, the cover, which no one will ever see. And then I sent it to him. Oh, please send it to me. I'll send it. I, I will send it to you, Dan. That's can fine. I, can, I don't no, even know I if like I still to, have it. I'd like to use it as the teaser for this podcast, just in one half of it. Maybe. No, no. It's not going to happen. Let me finish the story. Okay. This is absolutely, I don't know how, why am I telling this? Wow. Because that's what happens. This is the most embarrassing thing that I ever, yeah. Well, we should probably quit then now. (laughs) No. So I still think this is like the worst thing. So I sent it to him and the next day he, he writes back and says, you know, could, could we find maybe a, a painting like this or like this? And he sends me some stuff. And I'm like, I don't think he realizes that I actually sat down and painted, painted this. You know that, what I mean? I'm like, well, I, yes. I can't really because I'm not that good of a painter. So this is what we've got, you know. Um, and then I spoke to him on the phone and the whole side, I don't know what it was, but it, the, the portion that I had painted 
it was diff- varying shades, monochromatic pink colors. Um, there was some stuff going on, and it was really <laughs> bad. I mean, it looked really Was it Valium bad? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where my... I, like, I didn't see it when I was painting it, and then he kind of pointed it out, and it was like, is that a flower? And... <laughs> I can so hear Aaron. He's so gentle. It's <laughs> like I'm just not sure about that part with the flower. And I oh, was like, to be "What hard is he for talking him. about? There's no flower." And then I looked at it. It was. <laughs> oh, the head. Yeah, that tough. was that was the worst. I know. I felt. <laughs> and then I was. He kinda, made this it, at one point. He made this sound. Well, and I had been, you know, kind of not sleeping because of my back issue or whatever. Yeah. And, and I had just done all this painting and he's just like, well, can you, you know, so then I was, I was a little bit edgy and then he's like, well, the flower part. And I'm thinking, what is he talking about? Oh my gosh. When I, I looked at it and that was, so yeah, you know, um, another tip word of advice is definitely don't do your design work in the middle of the night after you've taken Valium. <laughs> that's great. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like that's good advice for anyone. Unless you're anybody. trying to do like a 60s album cover or something. <laughs> it would have worked. It would something have Something a little trippier. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. Anyways, so sometimes, you know, I mean, you can let your designer, whoever that may be, kind of run wild with their design. But um, don't be afraid to to tell them if something is really not working for you. You know, I mean, and, and, yeah. and you're, you might... You might wind up uh, being met with some frustration because, you know, they're artists and we're all a little temperamental, some of us, you know, it's, it's, sure. they can be sensitive. Yeah. So, um, but you have to, let me, let me toss another work, one in you know? there. Yeah. yeah. You got to be careful about calling somebody like me because I can organize information mm-hmm. and I can present information in a coherent way. Right. And and I think I'm a really good photographer. I'll say that. I've been doing that. I've been doing photography since I was yeah. you know, 15 years old. Yeah. And so I have a lot of experience with that. I am not a designer. Mm-hmm. I am not a designer. And one time I think I even put that beside my name. And it just, it didn't even look right there. The design was bad. <laughs> just the word, <laughs> the word designer doesn't even fit beside my name. Now, I'm I'm very artistic. But I'm your cousin or your uncle who you know knows how to use Photoshop or InDesign who puts together uh, the Dulcimer magazine or they put together the bulletin for your church or mm-hmm. whatever that doesn't make them someone that you want to – you know, it's like just because somebody's good at math doesn't make them an accountant because it's more complex than that. And, and mm-hmm. it's, it's like that. I mean, it's so – it's not that I'm a not a good designer. I'm not a designer. <laughs> That's just not what I do. But uh, if if someone needs something done that's uh, archival or documenting or or just presented in a way again that's coherent, mm-hmm. somebody like me is fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're really pouring yourself into an artistic project. Pour yourself into that artistic project and get an artist to yeah. then do the design work oh, for gosh, your packaging. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. 
Oh yeah. If you put if you that's something that I, I just it's hard to understand, you know, if you put so much work and I know that musicians in general, not just dulcimer players, but everybody, they they put real work into recording a CD that means something to them. It doesn't make sense to chintz out on on the packaging because that's the first thing people see, you know. Um, and it's kind of like what you said, you know, you don't feel comfortable calling yourself a designer. Um, I That's its own, like, weird thing, you know, emotional thing. Like, I don't necessarily feel comfortable calling myself a photographer or a musician because I don't think I'm at that that caliber sometimes but if you're designing all the time and you you are you know I mean you, you why not um the difference is though I think with some of us you know who you know there's a lot of people who just aren't designing all the time they're not doing it at all they just know what they like because they see design and then can I, can, yeah. Can I can I add something? Please. If you learn how to use a tool like Photoshop or Illustrator or InDesign or some of the offshoots of those things, and you can line things up and follow, you mm-hmm. know, overlays for the for the golden spiral or you know just whatever you know. That's beyond what some people do. Yeah. But no. But wait. If you can do that, mm-hmm. but you still can't put a pen or a pencil or a paintbrush in your hand and create something that looks beyond sixth or seventh grade work, I don't think you're a designer. Because I think those things that you learn as an artist in the analog world mm-hmm. are what sets you apart and people like you apart that your work is better. Because you're drawing from a deeper well of uh, how to blend colors. Yeah. Uh, how, how to create shapes that speak emotionally. And I think there's an investment that has to go into learning how to work the the analog tools, you know, the pen and the, yeah. the the pencil and the paper that causes you to think about it in a way that you don't get when you learn the digital tools. Yeah. The the, di- the digital tools are so much of your time is spent focusing on. I'm pre- I mean, you have asked me questions about InDesign and Photoshop before. I think probably yeah. my yeah. InDesign and Photoshop skills are pretty strong. Yeah. Doesn't make me an artist. Well, yeah. I you know it's funny how um I'm kind of walking on pins and needles a little bit. I don't want to say anything that would be offensive or put anybody down. Um, Why would I, I suppose, have asked you to help us do yeah, this? Yeah, I suppose you, you kind of do. do you kind of feel that way when you talk about dulcimers. I, you know, you just want to be careful. And I'm like that with design. I'm glad that you said those things and not me because. But I do agree. I've always had a. And it's not. Like I said, I agree with you, so I don't need to say that all over again. But, <laughs> you're um, still, you're still tiptoeing. <laughs> I know, I know. It's I never understood when I when I was going to school. And even by the, when I was, you know, in grad school, there were still people who, they didn't, they couldn't draw. They never drew. They didn't like to paint. They didn't like to get their hands dirty. They were not, art, and they said, I'm not artistic. And I thought, to me, it just didn't make sense to go into graphic design if you weren't. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of people who are not, and that's that's why you got to look through their their portfolios. You can't just 
so-and-so's son in their basement, you know, knows Photoshop. Um, if this is a, if, right. if you've recorded a, a project that really means something to you, or if you've spent a lot of time um, working on a book that, that you think is, is really important for people, um, you know, you got to take a little bit of extra time and, and look through portfolios and, and see, see that you're, you're finding somebody to do the work whose work you like. And, you know, not just, it's not just a matter of somebody telling you they know how to use the software and then saying, I'm a designer. Um, you have to be able to, to recognize whether or not you like that. And, and maybe even get the opinions of other people. If you don't trust right. your own opinion, if you say, I don't know what good design, I go to the, you know, the family restaurant and I think their menus look awesome. And <laughs> somebody just designed, you know, Microsoft publisher or something, you know, I mean, you, you just, if you feel like you are not an authority on the matter and you don't know what you're looking at, then, you know, get a friend or, you know, if you've got a, a kid who, a lot of people find that their their own their teenage kids can can um, advise them well, you know, in, in picking out that sort of thing too. So, yeah. All right, you pretentious idiot. Let's go oh, ahead and just. This is the most <laughs> boring podcast. Nobody is going to listen to this. You know, no, 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 no. I have real you... opinions on things that don't involve design and dulcimers. <laughs> No, no, but I actually think this is a really one of these things that needs to be talked about more. That's why we get to do it. And, it, you know, if we were getting paid for doing this podcast or something, we would probably have to restrict what we talk about. <laughs> you want to know what I feel like? Okay, this is – I'm not um, – I feel like we, we started off and, and I mentioned Dulcimer Players News, like, here's your commercial for Dan. And the whole rest of this hour and 15 minutes is going to be about Katie Moritz. No, well, that's why I called we, you. We, we've yet to talk ahead. about geeky Dulcimer things, <laughs> other than the way that they're shaped. I think this is Dulcimer, though. Yeah. And I think, that, I mean, that's really the idea of this podcast. You did a podcast on, like, electric, how to connect cords and cables and things. And I had no idea. So, you know, not every podcast is going to apply to every person listening. So there's that. Yeah. So that one helped you in no way at all. I, I was lost. I thought this is, <laughs> and you know, it, it actually made me feel like, like a worse musician than I was just like, Oh my God, I don't even know anything about this. I'm just, I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> well, what's uh, so, we've gotten some, I just am not there. That's all, you know? Sure. I want to make, I want to make this call before we wrap this thing up. Mm -hmm. We've gotten some email lately and uh, correspondence, you know, through comments and just different things. That's so encouraging. That's just feels so good to hear from people. Some who don't even play dulcimer who listen mm -hmm. to this podcast who say this has actually become their favorite because yeah. it deals with things that are real uh, to uh, just people that are like normal folks like us. <laughs> yeah, that are just trying to do normal things. And I think this concept of how do you design your CD cover, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I've learned a lot doing Dulcimer Players News for 10 years now. Uh, I think the moral of the story with the how do you design your Dulcimer CD cover is yeah. if you don't if you don't know how to, then you find somebody who does. <laughs> Yeah, but then you got to know how to find that person, and that's oh, okay. you know we we sort of touched on that as well. And then you got to have, I think you had some really good advice there, Katie, about you might have someone else if you're really not sure. Take a look at that person's portfolio for you as well, mm -hmm. 
to help you kind of come up with the kinds of questions that you want. And I, you know, just sort of recapping all we talked about, I also think it's equally important for you to have a pretty good idea of what it is you're wanting to do with this project. Mm -hmm. But by all means, if it's worth doing, you know, at least think about this aspect of it. And I know I'm going to get somebody mad at me, but I see probably more CDs and websites because of my role with Dulcimer Players News, oh, yeah, then, then maybe any single person. I'm sure that you do. I look and, at them, you know. I don't listen to them the way that you do, but because you have to listen to them too. Yes. So you get you get the. I mean, I I'm always looking. I'm always looking, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am, but you and, see and, some and, that you think that's amazing. They they took oh, some yeah. time in that, and and you can get a reputation and then you for see others, having good though. stuff. I, I mean, I've seen some that I were just were frustrating, you know, because I know that it's good content. Yep. And that's what's frustrating to me is when I see somebody who I know that the content of their their CD. I know that the content of their book, whatever it is, is, is good because I, I know who they are and I pay attention. Um, it is frustrating when, when, when you see somebody shortchange themselves at the last, you know, that last little step. Right. All right. Well, we're done. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I did that for you. I did that for your benefit based on a conversation. You think I hang up too fast when we're on the telephone. I, you can be honest. You know, I haven't spoken to you on the phone in a long time because you hang up so fast. I'm, I'm not <laughs> calling him anymore. <laughs> well, so when you watch, if you watch anything where someone makes a phone call mm-hmm. in a movie or television. Isn't that weird? They can just stop talking. They don't say goodbye. Yeah, they, they just kind of end. Always. Not sometimes. I would be willing to say almost always never do they go okay goodbye see you later talk to you soon bye they're like okay so then we'll see you at four and then they close the flip phone <laughs> <laughs> i can't imagine doing that to people i i <laughs> just, just i i i would then when i when i see them at four o'clock then they'll be like katie what's up man what happened <laughs> But did we not, early on in our relationship, establish this thing where I said, hey, look, if you get a phone call, you get busy, you and I, we have a lot in common, a lot of stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. But if you need to go back to work, you don't have to like work your way out of this conversation. You can go, hey, right. look, I, I got to get back to work. See ya. Right. You know what I was so, just thinking? I, think, I don't think you and I have had a conversation in over a year. It's been a really? long time. Yeah. So this is like this hour and whatever we're at. 20 minutes or so, this is like the first conversation we've had in a long time. And the last conversation that we had, you made fun of me because I, of the way that I pronounced picture. And I don't pronounce it that way anymore. <laughs> oh my goodness. But you want to wow, know what? People are sensitive, aren't it they? Was, no, no. It was, it was such a strange thing because I didn't ever even realize that I said picture. <laughs> and then I went through and like, I just started saying picture and naturally it, <laughs> My brain did a find and replace all. So recently, I don't know if you've heard about this, but the Cubs won the World Series. And I did hear something about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're in Chicago. We didn't even mention it. It's kind of a big deal. But um, I kept calling the pitchers pictures because <laughs> <laughs> it was are like... the pictures mound? Are the pictures Yeah, mound? I'm like, well, are they... <laughs> wait, wait. Is this their closing picture? You know, I, I was, and then I thought, well, that's kind of a weird thing to say. Why did I do that? I didn't used to be able to pronounce picture. 
But then I just went through and replaced all instances of pitcher with pitcher. <laughs> hey, give me that well, picture of water. <laughs> your life is probably better for it now. I feel like I feel like I. Well, yeah. Well, I doubt it really. Then. So, how do people get a hold of you if they are like, "Hey, this Katie Moritz person sounds really interesting. I thought I could maybe want. I would like to use her, but then I found out she lives in Chicago, so she's probably too expensive anyway." Oh, jeez. I'm the cheapest. No, I'm just, I, I probably am not the cheapest anymore, but I'm pretty cheap. Um, they can go to my website at katiemoritz.com. How would you spell something like Moritz? It's like Mo and then Ritz crackers. M-O-R-I-T-Z. <laughs> that sounds great. Katie, thank you. Yeah, thanks for Hey, let's talk in a year or two. <laughs> yeah, please, let's do it. I'll, I'll be in town next week probably, maybe. I don't know. Oh, you may be coming up here to visit uh, Lisa Ferguson here in Signal Mountain. It's possible. So it's possible that me and you and Aaron and Lisa can all get together. Yeah, that would be really fun. It is possible. This is probably too personal to be on the podcast, but you'll probably be playing music by now. It's probably already gone into the music. All right, see ya. All right, see ya.